Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Good morning, faithful listeners. I hope you had a really great weekend and got lots of sunshine. Now, today we are going to be discussing the first and only female judge who is Deborah. So, uh, excuse me, I'm going to make a really corny joke here. We don't have a Debro, we have a Deborah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm funny, okay? I'm hilarious. All right, so we're going to be discussing Judges chapter 4 today, verses 1 through, what is it? 1 through 5 today. And this is a short portion of scripture only because I just I just want to take today to introduce Deborah because we're going to be talking about her for probably this week and the next week as well just because um, there's so much controversy about her there's so much to say about women in ministry positions women in leadership positions and so I'd like to kind of get into the idea of who Deborah was, what her role was, and what women's roles are in the church today as relating to Deborah. Now, I'm also going to be doing a YouTube video about this subject as well, and I'm going to be going a lot more in detail with that. But for now, let's go ahead and just introduce Deborah, and let's read Judges chapter 4 today, verses 1 through 5. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version. The children of Israel again did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, when Ehud was dead. Yahweh sold them into the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth of the Gentiles. The children of Israel cried to Yahweh, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and he mightily oppressed the children of Israel for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lebedoth, judged Israel at that time. She lived under Deborah's palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. As usual, this portion of scripture starts out by saying, and the children of Israel again did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight. Now, if you've noticed the, the theme that is going on here in Judges, if you've been following along with me, you'll see that the Israelites consistently do evil in Yahweh's sight. And then God ends up uh, allowing them to get taken over by some sort of nation that doesn't like Israel. And so then Israel is oppressed until they finally cry out to God again. But this time it takes them 20 whole years to cry out to God again. So you can see how just through the past few chapters, Israel is taking longer and longer and longer to cry out to God. The first time they did evil in Yahweh's sight, I think in Judges chapter 2 after uh, Joshua died, it took them eight years to cry out to God. And then the second time they did evil in Yahweh's sight, it took them 18 years to cry out to God. And now it takes them 20 years to cry out to God. That's what it says in verse 3. Uh, they were oppressed for 20 years. He mightily oppressed them for 20 years. And for 20 whole years, Israel did not cry out to Yahweh. 
So now we get introduced to this woman named Deborah. She was a prophetess, and she was also the wife of Lapidoth, I think is how you say this guy's name, and she judged Israel at that time. Now, so many people, so many people like to point to Deborah as to why women can be pastors and elders in a church. Most people actually point to Deborah when they say this, but there's a a little problem with that. Deborah was not a priest or a priestess. She was a judge. And so judges had a different role from priests. Priests were the ones who were supposed to be the intercessors for Israel. They were supposed to basically carry the burden of the sin of the people to God. And they were also supposed to interpret God's law to the people. So the priests had a very, very important spiritual role to Israel. And that was not what Deborah was. She was a judge. So let's turn to Deuteronomy 17, um, 8 through 13 here. And I'm going to talk about the difference between judges and priests a little bit further. So it says here, if cases come before your courts that are too difficult for you to judge, whether bloodshed, lawsuits, or assaults, take them to the place the Lord your God will choose. Go to the Levitical priests and to the judge who is in office at that time. Inquire of them and they will give you the verdict. You must act according to the decisions they give you at the place the Lord will choose. Be careful to do everything they instruct you to do. Act according to whatever they teach you and the decisions they give you. Do not turn aside from what they tell you to the right or to the left. And then it also says in Deuteronomy 16, verse 18, it says, appoint judges and officials for each of your tribes in every town the Lord your God is giving you, and they shall judge the people fairly. Do not pervert justice or show partiality. Do not accept a bribe. And uh, yeah, follow justice. So Deborah was not a priest or a priestess. She was a judge. But it does say here that priests were supposed to act side by side with the judge. That was how God designed it to be because the priests and the judges had different roles. The judge was more of a government official and leader and the priests were the interpreters of scripture. Now, of course, judges could be prophets and prophetesses just like we see here with Deborah, she was a prophetess and she was able to uh, communicate God's will. But all of this had to be done with a priest there with a copy of the law to discuss everything with the judge. The judge didn't act alone. The priest would always be there side by side with the judge. So this is an important thing to look at when we are discussing Deborah. Because a lot of people like to say, well, you know, because Deborah was a judge in the Old Testament, because she was in a leadership position for Israel, that means that women nowadays can be pastors and elders in the church. But the fact of the matter was, Deborah was not a preacher and she was not a priestess. She was not a priest. What she was, was a government official. And she was able and she was allowed to judge God's people with the help of the priests there with her. 
And you can see here, it says, she lived under Deborah's palm tree. <laughs> I don't know if she named it that herself, but uh, she lived under this palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. So she was a head judge and she was also a prophetess. A prophetess was somebody who could uh, communicate God's will with the people. But once again, the priests had to be there. They had to be there talking with Deborah and not just with Deborah, but every single judge that ever existed. Priests had a very, very important role in helping the judge make decisions. So unfortunately, Deborah is not a good example of a woman pastor, <laughs> mainly because she is not a pastor. But I do want to talk about how she's a prophetess. And there are actually a lot of women prophets, prophetesses that I can name just right off the, the top of my head. Miriam, for example, was a prophetess. Um, uh, Deborah, of course. And then Anna in the New Testament, she was also a prophetess. And then there's a handful of uh, more minor prophetesses that, you know, we can talk about later. But prophetesses were, in fact, ordained by God. God gave certain women the gift of prophecy. And it is also one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that is talked about in First uh, Corinthians. So prophecy is a gift given by God, and it is not based on gender at all. Both a man and a woman can have the gift of prophecy. So women can be prophetesses, men can be prophets. However, in the Old Testament, women cannot be priests. God did not ordain women to become priestesses in the Old Testament. And there's so many uh, excuses people give as to why women couldn't become uh, priestesses. But I think the main reason was because of what I said earlier. The priests were supposed to bear the weight of the sin of the people, basically, and take it to God. This is a very, very tough position. And you can see priests would fail at it all the time. And there were so many requirements that a priest had to do and had to go through in order to be able to even do this role. And the one reason why I think that God ordained men to be priests was because men were the ones who caused sin to enter into the world. Women did not. <laughs> now, you guys might be like, uh, that's a sort of backwards opinion, isn't it? Because Eve was the one who took the bite of the fruit first. Yeah, she did. But it actually says in the scripture, through one man, sin entered into the world. Now, because Adam was the one who technically caused sin to enter into the world, that's personally why I believe that men were given the burden in the Old Testament of being the priests, because it was a burden. And just as one man had sin enter the world, one man gave salvation from sin to the world, who is Jesus, obviously. So I just think because of that reason, it was a man's role. Now, that is my own personal opinion. And don't get me wrong. I am not saying that women are sinless and we have no fault in the matter because we certainly do. Eve was the one who was deceived. She had the sin of pride in the garden. And I'm a woman and I sin every single day. So women certainly have a role in the sin nature. But technically, it was the man who caused sin to enter into the world. So that's one reason why I think that men were given the burden of the responsibility of the priesthood 
in the Old Testament. And the second reason I think is because men are just physically stronger. Like we went through the book of Leviticus and all the rules that the priests had. It was grueling work. It was physical, difficult work. And it seems like the priests got like no rest at all. They had to work in the temple 24-7. And so it was just a role that was better suited for a man. So that's the second reason. But the third reason is because men are supposed to be the head spiritual leaders. And you might be like, well, what about Deborah right here? She's a leader. Yes, she was a leader. She was a judge. She was an official. She was not a priest or a priestess. That role or those roles were reserved for the men, the priests and the high priests that were with Deborah at the time. Now, personally, I think that women can be in many, many leadership positions and many spiritual positions also, actually. And I think that scripture is very clear on this because God did ordain Deborah to be a judge. Even though it doesn't say that here in Judges chapter four, it says that at the beginning of Judges that God ordained uh, the judges and that included Deborah. And she was a very good judge, actually. She uh, was one of the few judges that that uh, stuck with Yahweh pretty much the entire time. She was a good judge and God ordained her. I believe that very strongly. And I don't think that scripture says otherwise. Yes, women can be in certain leadership positions. But when it comes to women being main spiritual leaders of a church or, for example, in the Old Testament of the temple, Scripture does not support women being in the head spiritual leader positions. It states that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it says very clearly in Scripture that pastors are to be men and that head elders are to be men. And I'm sorry, women, if you want it to be different, but that is what Scripture says. So now you might be asking, well, Jen, what about you? You have a podcast, you have a ministry, you are spiritually leading others. And yes, I am. It is not in a church setting. This is my business. And what I mean by that is it's not your business. No, I mean, it's my business. Like it is a literal bit like P40 Ministries is a literal business, according to the United States of America. I own a business where I want to evangelize and I use this podcast to evangelize. And if you look in scripture, there are women, there are plenty of examples of women who owned businesses. And there's also examples of women evangelists in the New Testament, Priscilla being one of them. And there's also example of deaconesses in the New Testament. Phoebe was a deaconess and that means a ministry leader. She was a ministry leader. By the way, a deacon or a deaconess is different than an elder. I just want to throw that out there right now. In scripture, they are clearly different. So women can definitely hold ministry positions. They can also own businesses and they can be evangelists. That being said, I am not a head pastor. Neither am I an elder. I would consider myself a ministry leader, a deaconess, maybe even an evangelist or I don't know, a uh, business owner. So I think that in a nutshell, Women can be in a lot of leadership positions, and they should be in certain leadership positions. I think that also uh, some churches and some denominations have a tendency to really hold women back, which is very unfortunate. But regardless, women wouldn't necessarily be sinning to be in certain leadership positions. But I do believe that the head spiritual leader role should be 
given to a man, because I think that's how God ordained it. I think that scripture backs that up pretty clearly by having no priestesses in the Old Testament and also by having no examples of women pastors in the New Testament. So that's what I would like to say about women in ministry. And I'm going to expand on this a lot more in the YouTube video where I'm going to really get down to the nitty gritty of different various women in ministry roles and uh, what that means. Does it mean that women can never preach on a Sunday morning? Does it mean that women can't be worship leaders? Does it mean that, I don't know, women can't uh, hand out communion? <laughs> I'm going to talk about all of that stuff on the YouTube channel. And I haven't made the, the video yet. It might be a couple days before I actually get to that. But I'll let you guys know when that YouTube video is up and what scripture has to say about all of this. Now, my one thing I'd like to end with is if you're a woman and you're having a hard time listening to this, because guess what? I was there also. Four years ago, I would have hated, I would have hated listen, actually closer to two years ago, I would have hated listening to this podcast episode if somebody else was like saying the same thing. I would have hated it because I believed that women could be in any single role basically ever. So I challenge you to, even though you're not sure why God ordained it this way, I just want you to trust God in it. Because finally, when I did trust God in it, and actually Alan Parr's wife, her name is Jennifer Parr, she did an episode about it. And that was kind of what started changing my mind about women's roles. And it was a very, very good YouTube video. If I can find it, I will link it actually in the description. I say that often and I always forget to actually link stuff. <laughs> I'll try to remember this time around. Actually, let me just make a note to link Alan Parr's wife video in today's podcast episode. Link. I'm writing it down. Okay. So anybody who has questions about that, I'll try to find that video. Any woman who's having a hard time with this. But my challenge to you ladies is to just trust God's plan. And I think that as you begin to trust God's plan, even if you don't understand it, he's going to really start helping you to understand it. And now I'm actually comfortable <laughs> with this topic. I'm comfortable with hearing that women shouldn't be head pastors because I think God helped me really get to that point, even though two years ago I was very anti-complementarianism. Now I am a complementarianist because I think God just helped open my eyes after I started trusting him on this particular issue. And I'm very thankful for the role God has given me, both in this ministry and in my home and in my marriage. But friends and faithful listeners, I hope that this uh, helped you a little bit as we go more into Deborah and just discussing who she is, because she's a great lady and she's a great leader. And uh, we're going to talk about her in the next couple chapters. So tune in then. But speaking of women in ministry, we are going to talk a lot more about women in ministry in the New Testament as well because of the book of Acts. There's a lot of women that are mentioned um, in the book of Acts and beyond. So we're going to talk a lot more about that. But friends and faithful listeners, stay tuned for that YouTube video and I'll link the video of Alan Parr's wife, Jennifer Parr, in the description of this podcast episode so that maybe you can go over there and uh, see that one as well. Friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your day. I will see you tomorrow or on Wednesday. Happy listening and God bless. <laughs>